Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to this series on Hell Described. We are on session 11 of this, and in this we will be, inshallah, discussing several different things. One is the various different types of tools that are used for the prisoners in Hellfire, and then it will move on to a discussion about the stones of hellfire that are discussed in the Qur'an. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala al-mab'uuthi rahmatan lil'alameen Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathiran ila yawmiddin amma ba'd Qala Allahu tabaraka wa ta'ala fi al-Qur'an al-Majid wa al-Furqan al-Hamid Afamay yattaqi bi wajhihi su'a al-Adhabi yawma al-Qiyamah Sadaq Allahu al-Azim so we first start off with the discussion of the different types of things that will be used in, in Hellfire. The first is the discussion of Aghlal. We had a brief discussion of this in the last session, but the first one is Aghlal. And Aghlal is generally something that is put into the necks. That's the collars that uh, are placed in the necks to hold somebody down. Hassan ibn Salih says, Al-Ghul is something which generally in those days, the way they did it was that it was one hand and something around the neck. One hand was tied to the collar. So it was like this. The other hand was free. Then we've got another word which is also used in the Quran, Safad Asfad. Muqarranina fil Asfad. Asfad is where you've got both hands that they tie to the neck. So they tie both hands to the neck. Now that could be, you know, you see sometimes those wooden things or it could be metal, uh, it could be made of iron. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows exactly how this is going to be. But the first one, which is the aghlal, that's going to be with one hand uh, and the collar of the neck. And asfad is where it's both. That's why Allah says, مُقَرَّنِينَ fil asfad, which who are tied up in these contra- contraptions, whatever they are. Sayyar ibn... Uh, well, uh, Hassan radiallahu anhu rahimahullah actually relates that once when he once he mentioned the hellfire and he said that just one of those colors of hellfire, just one of those colors of hellfire, if they were placed onto a mountain, la qasamaha ilal aswad, it would essentially break and shatter them until the dark waters of the earth. Very heavy, very, very heavy. And if just one uh, cubit, cubit is generally this much, one cubit of the chain of hellfire was to be placed on a mountain, it would squash it. Very, very heavy. This stuff is going to be very heavy down there. It's impossible to lift, basically. That's why Ibn Abi Hatim has transmitted from, Aisha, uh, from Musa Ibn Abi Aisha that once he recited the, the verse in Surah Al-Zumar, verse 24, The one who's going to try to protect his face from the evil punishment on the Day of Judgment. So how that's going to come about, he explains, is that there hands hands are going to be tied up 
using these collars. So they will have to face the hellfire with their face because they've got nothing to protect their face. Their hands have been tied up. So they won't be able to protect their face. And every time there's a new flame of the punishment that will come, they will have to face it with their face. And whatever it's going to do with their face, then it'll maybe recuperate and then it'll have to happen again. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. As I said, everything we hear, we need to seek protection and refuge at least once. Right? And may we ask Allah to give us barakah in that. Thereafter that, we've got another narration from Fudail ibn Iyad rahimahullah. He says, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Haqqah, verse 30, خُذُوهُ فَغُلُّوهُ Grab him, seize him. فَغُلُّوهُ And then constrain him, tie him, fetter him. When Allah gives that command, as mentioned in the Quran, 70,000 angels of hellfire will come and compete to see which one can place that on so there's no way to escape from this. It's not human against one angel. It's 70 angels. Even one angel would have been sufficient. So that's the first type of punishment that's mentioned in the Quran. Aghlal, uh, ghul. So the second one is ankal. Ankal. These are the shackles on the feet, it seems. Right? So you've got shackles on the feet. You've got collars for the hands and the neck. La ilaha illallah. Hassan rahimahullah, he says, these are made of fire. They're just going to be intensely hot maybe, or they're made of fire, I'm not sure. It's intensely hot. Abu Imran al-Jawni says, these are, kol, uh, these are shackles which will never be opened once they've been placed. By Allah, never will they be opened again. Ankal and quyud, the concept of ankal, literally speaking from nickel, it means to prevent something. Now, generally, the reason why shackles are placed on someone in the world is to stop them from running away, is to stop them from attacking someone else. That's the reason why you do it. There is no reason to do that in hellfire because they won't be able to do anything. The reason for this is to keep them in the in the punishment. It's to constrain them in the punishment. La ilaha illallah. According to Al-A'mash, he says that muqarranina fil asfad, which we just read earlier, which was supposed to mean the collars, according to him, that actually refers to the shackles. There are opinions that it could mean both things, that it's a comprehensive word to mean the collars and the shackles as well. Subhanallah. The third type of instrument used in hellfire that, you're gonna, that people will find there are the salasil, the silsila, which are the chains. Now we've got a few descriptions of how the chain is going to be in hellfire. So this is a hadith from Umar radiallahu anhu that Jibreel said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لو أن حلقة من سلسلة أهل النار التي نعت الله في كتابي وضعت على جبال الدنيا لن قضت ولم يردها شيء. If just one link of the chain of the people of hellfire that Allah subhanahu wa taala has described in the Quran was to be placed on one of the mountains of the world, then it would destroy it. Nothing would be able to repel it until it will 
crush it right down. Imam Tabarani has related this. Right, then we've got a verse in Surah Al-Haqqa, you know, خُذُوهُ فَغُلُّوهُ As I quoted earlier, verse 32 says, ثُمَّ فِي سِلْسِلَةٍ ذَرْعُهَا سَبْعُونَ ذِرَاعًا Then after that Allah will say, fetter him in a chain which is 70 cubits. Shackle him, chain him up, tie him up in a chain that's 70 cubits. Now, is this cubits of the world? Or is it like is being described that the human beings will be made very large in hellfire so there's more surface area to punish? Based on that, it seems like the dhira, one dhira, is 70 ba'a. And then in this, uh, from Nawfa Shami, he described that one ba is from here to Mecca. He was in Kufa at that time. So from Kufa in Iraq to Mecca, that's one. I mean, this is just mind-boggling. It's just like the equation doesn't even work after that. It's like it's so big already, right? Ibn al-Mubarak says that Ka'ab used to say that one of the chains, one link of the chain, right, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, ذَرْعُهَا سَبْعُونَ ذِرَاءً is more than all the iron available in the world. Like it's huge. It can take up all the iron that is being smelted in the world. It can take that up. There's numerous narrations about this. Now, how will this chain, subhanAllah, how will this chain be used on a person? There's descriptions of that. Ibn al-Mubarak has transmitted this. When it, Allah says in the Quran, فَسْلُكُوهُ Like chain him up, use that chain on him. He says, it has been, we've heard this, it's been transmitted to us that this chain will be inserted into their rectum and eventually it will be pushed up and it will come out of the mouth. That's the way it will be chained from the two orifices of the body, one in the front, one in the back. May Allah protect us. Another version said that it will come in from the rectum and it will come out of the nostrils and such that the person would not be able to stand up properly. Then there's another narration from Abu Hashim who says that there will be chains in hellfire that will be placed around their neck. And then Jahannam will let out a shriek. And what that chain will do is that it will essentially take them and throw them a distance of 500 years. And then after that it will bring them back. So it's almost like a punishment that they will be just thrown, flung and then brought back. And that's why, why is it 500 years? And he says it will come back by the evening. So what does that mean? That's why in Surah Al-Hajj, verse 47, Allah says, وَإِنَّ يَوْمًا عِنْدَ رَبِّكَ كَأَلْفِ سَنَةٍ مِمَّا تَعُدُّونَ One day is, according to your Lord, is equivalent to a thousand years from what you count. That's the way it's going to happen in the hereafter. I don't know if you'll just probably lose all sight, all sense of time and everything when you're in that kind of punishment. I mean, just punishment, even a few minutes is bad enough. If you're in a hot place, waiting room, it just takes longer. If you're in a nice, breezy place, time goes very fast. So, wallahu alam. La ilaha illallah. In Surah Al-Rahman, verse 41, Allah says, فَيُؤْخَذُ بِالنَّوَاصِي وَالْأَقْدَامِ They will be 
seized by their foreheads and their feet. Dahak relates. What that means is that with these chains, it seems, the way they'll be chained up will be Allah. Their foreheads and their feet will come together. So it'll be crouched. And their forehead will be made to bend down and the feet will come up. And maybe between their legs or whatever it is. So they'll be literally like rolled up like that. That's the way they will be. That's why it says, Suddi says regarding this verse, he's one of the Mufassirin, that the forehead of the disbeliever and his feet will be brought closer together. Then the two will be tied up and his back will be tied up as well. So he can't move around, he can't kind of stretch. And then it will be twisted. In another version, it says that his back will break because of this. Just like wood is placed into fire and it just cracks and breaks like that. There's another narration from Hassan, rahimahullah. He says that hellfire has been burning forever, for a huge amount of time. It's burning. It's been burning for so many years, it will continue to burn. So the food in there that people will be given to eat, whatever that is, is hot. Its drink is hot. And all of these instruments, it's aghlal, all of these shackles and everything, they are also in intense heat. And then he discussed the same thing which I mentioned earlier, that just one of those shackles is so, so heavy and so strong that it will actually shatter a mountain, and so on and so forth. And then he said, if there was a mountain of this world 500 years distance from the punishment, from the hellfire's heat, that it would cause that mountain to melt because of the intense heat. But obviously hellfire has been protected with all of that so that nothing happens to us in this world right now. Then it's a really interesting thing. It says that they will then be shackled, uh, they will be chained, all of them. Hellfire will consume them just their spirit will remain. And then they'll probably get bodies again. This will constantly happen until the bodies get destroyed. Just the spirit remains, so the life remains. But the life, this ruh and this spirit feels everything that's going on. Imam Tabarani has another narration from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will create some clouds, will cause some clouds to form, but they will be dark. They will be dark and black. So then it will be announced to the people of Hellfire, what do you guys want? Now when they see those clouds, they will remember the clouds of the world, that the clouds of the world used to provide them with rain and coolness. So it's just that relevance for them. They will say, Ya Rabbana Sharab, we need something to drink. So from these clouds, will shower down aghlalan these these shackles which will add to their so it will essentially rain down shackles and chains which will add to what they already have and wa jamran yaltahibu alayhim and these embers these embers that will essentially cause them to flame up upon them there's another version from <clears throat> Abu Al-Aliya and others. Abu Hurair radiallahu anhu. He mentioned the story of the Isra in great detail, the night journey of the Prophet sallallahu And then he said, after that, the Prophet sallallahu came to a valley during that whole 
journey and that whole tour he had of hellfire, for example, he came to a valley and he heard a very, very bad sound there and he smelt a very bad stench. So he said, Mahadaya Jibril, what is this Jibril? He said, This is the sound of hellfire. And the hellfire is saying, is calling out, Rabbi Atini ma wa'attani. My Lord, bring for me what you've promised me. Give me what you've promised me. For I've got huge amount of chains and shackles and, and, and flames and heat and all of this pus and this drink and my punishment. It's all stored. It's got abundance of it. It's all ready. And my depths, my, my depth is very, very deep. And my heat is very intense now. Give me what you have promised me. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, for you is every male and female polytheist, every male and female disbeliever, every male and female immoral person, and every tyrant who did not believe in on Yawmul Hisab, the day of reckoning. That gives us some hope that we're not, inshallah, this is not for us. That gives us some hope. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us on Iman. May Allah keep us on Iman. There's another verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Hajj, verse 21 and 22. For them will be maqami min hadid. These are hammers. Hammers, iron hammers. Every time they will want to exit from there, due to their sorrow and grief, they will be returned back into it, as mentioned in Surah Al-Hajj. Abu Sa'id relates from the Prophet that if just one of those iron hammers were to be placed on the ground, just one of those hammers were to be placed on the ground, and all the humans and jinn were to gather together to try to move it, or pick it up, they would not be able to do so. Imam Ahmed has transmitted this. These are some really crazy hammers. It says in another version that the Prophet said that if the mountain was to be struck with these hammers, then they would be completely blown apart. Ja'far says that I heard Malik ibn Dinar saying that when the people of Hellfire will hear the sound of these hammers striking. They will take a deep dive into these hot water pools and they will just go down and down just like it happens to people in this world if they try to, just out of fright, they just jump into the water and then they drown because they, they, they just don't know what they're doing. Uh, it's related from Umar ibn al-Khattab. Sa'id uh, Qatada says that Umar ibn al-Khattab anhu used to say that remind them of hellfire. Maybe then they will be concerned. Maybe then they will be frightened, have the right kind of concern. فَإِنَّ حَرَّهَا شَدِيدٌ وَقَعْرَهَا بَعِيدٌ وَشَرَابَهَا الصَّدِيدٌ وَمَقَامِعَهَا الْحَدِيدٌ An interesting rhyming of the, the various different because its heat is intense. Its depth is unfathomable. It's very far. Its drink is this pus and blood, etc. And its hammers are made of iron. There's a person called Yazid al-Dabbi 
Somebody recited the verse of Surah Ibrahim in front of him, verse 49. You'll see the evildoers on that day shackled, right, in these collars and uh, in these shackles. And Yazid began to cry until he became unconscious. This is how he used to happen to them. Malik ibn Dinar, one, it says that he once stood at night in the middle of his house. He stood up. He just stood there until the morning. And the reason, why did he stand there just like that? He said, because the hellfire kept presenting itself in front of me with all of its chains and everything like that until the morning. And that's what I was just fearful about. He stayed there in prayer all night. Okay, now the other thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Qur'an. See, we get this information about hellfire from the Qur'an. Then we just provide more detail from it, from the hadiths and from what some of the other tabi'een and scholars and sahaba etc. have mentioned. That's the only source we have. We can't make this up. So now there's a few verses here regarding the stones of hellfire. Because that's mentioned in the Quran. So what exactly are these stones and what's going to happen with these stones? So for example, let's take a few verses. Surah Al-Tahreem, verse 6. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu qu anfusakum wa ahlikum nara wa quuduhan nasu wal hijara. O people who believe, protect yourself and your families from the hellfire, whose fuel are people and stones. What kind of stones are these? Okay, we can understand people, but what about stones? Where are these stones coming from? What's the purpose of these stones? Nobody's made of stone. Right? Thereafter, you've got another verse, Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 24. If you're not going to do this, and you will never do this, then at least, then fear the fire whose fuel are people and again stones that have been prepared for the disbelievers. So now the Mufassirin, the, the commentators of the Quran, they differ with regards to what it's referring to, the, what's referred to by these stones. What kind of stones are these? So there's one group among whom is, uh, among whom is Rabi ibn Anas. He says, the hijara that is discussed here the stones that are discussed here are the idols that were worshipped besides Allah, that were worshipped in place of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala along with Allah by those people. This is talking about them. Now, how do they prove this? There's a verse in the Quran which seems to indicate this in Surah Al-Anbiya, verse 98 and 99. <laughs> You and that which you worship, devote yourself to, besides Allah, they are all, it's, all the, it's all the fuel of hellfire. And you will enter it. You are going to enter it. Had these been gods, then they would not have entered it. So this seems to indicate that these idols, whatever they're made of, generally made of stone in those days. Nowadays they've got 
they're made of other things as well. They could make them in other things, but generally made of stone. Then they're going to be in the hellfire as well. That's one opinion. That's why Abu Bakr ibn Maryam says, relates from his father, the Prophet ﷺ said, regarding إِذَا الشَّمْسُ كُوِّرَتْ وَإِذَا النُّجُومٌ كَدَرَتْ So referring to the sun and the moon, that all of this will eventually be rolled up and put into the hellfire. Right? Why? Because they were worshipped. That's why. They were worshipped. And everything else that was worshipped besides Allah is going to be in hellfire. Not necessarily because of that, except Isa salam. Isa salam, Jesus is also worshipped by people and his mother, but they're not going to be in the hellfire. وَلَوْ رَضِيَا لَدَخَلَاهَا Actually, had they been satisfied and be pleased with the worship, then they would have entered as well. Now, it depends on these stones, and I mean, I'm not going to defend the stones and that here, but because they represent people, the people may not be unless they called and they wanted that to be. But they're going to be in hellfire. Now, it describes all of that in more detail here. So, you see what it is, is that the disbelievers who used to worship, or who do worship stones and so on besides Allah, they always, if they worship them, they feel that they have an efficacy, they have some power, they can do something for them. All right? So, they're gonna, going to hope when they get up on the Day of Judgment that they can intercede for them. They can bring them close and um, protect them from the punishment. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to place them and their idols, who they used to, objects of worship, into the fire, which is going to add to it. So it's like, I wish that person would come and help me. You know, if you thought there was someone, but when that person's with you in the same problem, you know that you've got no way to get out of it. You know, the person you are relying on, he's in the same position. Sorry, I'm, I'm in the same position. I'm also in prison right now. I can't do anything. I have my contacts are all gone. It's that kind of a thing. To iblaghan fi hasratihim wa nadamatihim, to cause them even a greater uh, source of sorrow and grief and, and so on. Because that's what happens with human beings. If you're tied up and deprived with the very people that you had reliance on, then it's, it makes it even worse. That's why it says that generally the disbelievers are going to come with the shayateen that misled them. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, now, I knew this verse and I, there's another interpretation, but this is a different interpretation. The verse is Surah Al-Zukhruf, 36 and 39, 239. Allah says, Whoever stays away, shies away, gets distracted from the remembrance of the most merciful one. We will designate a shaitan and they become a close accomplice. So then the person remains under the influence of shaitan. This happens, this is an experience of so many people. We stop doing dhikr and it just goes downhill. You start doing dhikr and you can start coming out of that pit and that hole. That's why if you've got days and days where you do no dhikr, it's really, really detrimental. Anyway, and these are the same shayateen that used to protect, that used to prevent them from the right path. And they used to think that they were guided. 
that was the soul, that was the way of guidance. Like when they hear, sometimes you know you see on Twitter and so on, you get these atheists who just make fun when you mention God, when you mention Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. They think they're more guided. They think everything's going for them. You just see that delusion. They think we're deluded, right? At least we've got a philosophy for the hereafter. We've got a theology, you know, an eschatological reality that we think about. Anyway, until when they come to us, I'm going to say they're going to hope. They're going to have this great desire that, Ya Laithya, how we wish that there would be the distance of the two east, so the east and west between us and you. What a bad, intimate friend you were. But you're not going to be receiving any benefit at all today because you were oppressive and you're all going to be in hellfire together. So Saeed al-Juraidi says regarding these verses that it's related to us that the kafir on the day of judgment when he gets resurrected from the grave, he's going to try to intercede from his shaitan. And shaitan's going to be there. He's going to see him. He's going to be made to see him. However, that is Allah knows best. That shaitan is then going to stay with him until eventually they'll both be put into the hellfire. That's what Allah means when he says, Ya layta bayni wa baynak. When he makes this expression that, oh, how I wish I never knew you. We were like so distant apart. What a bad friend you are. Likewise from Abbas al-Jushami, it says that the kafir, when he comes out of his grave, he's going to find just by his head when he comes out of the grave, when he gets resurrected, like a burnt tree, a shaitan, like withered and old, shaitan, messed up. And he's going to grab his hand and say, I'm your Karim, I'm your intimate associate. And you and I, we're going to go into Jahannam. And that's exactly where, what Allah means when he quotes, Ya layta bayni wa baynaka bu'dal mashriqayni fabi'sil qareen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the following verse, the rage of the disbelievers against those who misled them. But to what avail afterwards? Find the truth today. Allah says in Surah Fussilat, verse 29, وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا رَبَّنَا أَرِنَا الَّذَيْنِ أَضَلَّانَا مِنَ الْجِنِّ وَالْإِنسِ نَجْعَلْهُمَا تَحْتَ أَقَدَامِنَا لِيَكُونَا مِنَ الْأَسْفَلِينَ You can see the rage. The disbelievers will say, Our Lord, show us those who misled us of the jinn and ins, the jinn and human beings. We will then place them under, we'll trample over them, we'll place them under our feet so that they will they can be the lowest of the low. Now, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring them together, they will add to their punishment. And what that means is, he says that if you put two people in the same tight spot that hate one another, then that's worse than being alone in there. One is you being alone in somebody. You put two people that are enemies now who hate one another, blaming each one like, it's because of you, it's because of you, it's because of you then that just adds to the punishment. It's all, you can say, just creative ways for adding punishment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Thereafter that we've got an... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then discusses the, the dispute, the arguments, the quarrels, the fights between the people of the disbelievers and the shayateen and those that they used to worship. Allah says, and this... You can follow along. It's a verse of Surah Al-Shu'ara, the poets, verse 91-99. Beautiful verses. Beautiful in the sense that they, 
they just so aptly portray the discussion. and the blaze will be displayed in front of the deviators. And it will be said to them, where are those that you used to worship besides God? Can they help you or even help themselves? Then they will be toppled into it, into the hellfire, together with their seducers. And the soldiers of shaitan as well, all of them together, they will say as they argue and feud and bicker in it, by God, we were in evident error for equating you with the Lord of the worlds. Why did we take you as partners? No one misled led us except the sinners. But by that time, it's too late. The realization is too late. Allah gave us realization and may Allah be thanked for it. Likewise, there's other verses regarding this dispute that's going on in hellfire. They're doing all sorts of stuff. They, they're saying, oh Allah, give these guys double the punishment. There's another verse which is Surah Al-A'raf, verse 38. Every time a group or a crowd enter, it will curse its sister crowd. It will curse its other sister crowd. Until when they are all finally in it, the last of them will say to the first of them, Our Lord, these are the ones who misled us. So infl inflict on them a double punishment in the fire. And he will say, each will have a double punishment, but you do not know. You're all going to get a double punishment, but you do not know. There's a number of other verses. You can check Surah Al-Ghafir, verse 48. These will be the weaker ones who will say to those who used to act um, mighty and big in the world. That discussion is there. You can uh, see that thereafter that. In Surah Al-Sa'd, verse 59 to 63, There's no welcome uh, for these people. And eventually Allah says, This is absolutely verified truth, this dispute between the hellfire people. So it won't be individual punishment. There's going to be individual punishment, but there's going to be a lot of other debates and, and acrimony and all of this which just adds to it. Ibn Abid Dunya has transmitted from Muhammad Ibn Hashim. He says, when this verse was revealed, Surah Al-Tahreem, which we read earlier, Naran, Waquduhan Nasu Al Hijara, the hellfire that whose fuel is uh, the people in hellfire. The Prophet recited this, and a per one of the young men who were sitting there, he heard it. On his side, he was there and he fainted. So the Prophet ﷺ placed his head in his lap 
out of compassion for him, mercy for him. And we stayed there for a while like that, and then he opened his eyes, and he said, Bi'abi anta wa ummi, mithlu ayyi al-hajar. What are these stones all about? What, what do they resemble? So then the response the Prophet gives, Amayafika ma asabak? Like, you still want to know more? You've already been affected so badly that you fainted because of it. And then he says, despite the fact that one of those stones are such that if they were placed onto a mountain of the dunya, that mountain would melt away because of the heat of that stone and the strength of that stone. And the thing is that with every insan will be a stone and a shaitan. This is probably referring to those who used to worship stones, right? We would assume. The, so that's one opinion, that what these stones are. It's the shaitans, it's the deities, it's the tawaghit, as they would say, the tawhut or the objects of worship. However, the majority of mufassirin, they have a different view. They say that this refers to hijaratul kibrit. These are sulfur stones. This is fuel for the hellfire to make it worse. These are sulfur stones, right? By which the hellfire will be kindled further. So it's said that in hellfire, there are five types of punishment now, right? Um, which, are, which is because of, that's why these stones are used. These sulfur stones are used. Sur'atul iqad, they're very quick to kindle, right? That, that, uh, to ignite, sorry, to ignite, they're very, very uh, fast igni ignition in there. Natnur ra'iha, they're very, very strong in their smell, right? Very putrid in their smell. Kathratul dukhan, produce a lot of smoke. Shiddatul iltisaq bil abdan, very sticky, they adhere to the, the body. You don't want to do that because if you can't take it off, Right? That's why when they make these Molotov cocktails and other things and these bombs, they, make, they add this sticky substance in it so that you can't wash it off easily. Subhanallah. وَقُوَّةُ حَرِّهَا إِذَا أُحْمِيَتْ And it's intense heat. So it has all of these things. That's why they've been used. Abdul Malik ibn Umair has related from Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu. He says, وَقُوَّةُ النَّاسُ وَالْحِجَارَةُ these are the sulfur stones which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created the day he created the heavens and the earth and um, prepared these for the disbelievers. So you see we're learning more about hellfire. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from it. There's another narration from Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhu. A bit of a strange narration, not generally, usually you will find it mentioned, except in some, uh, there's a difference of opinion as to the strength of this narration. Hakim in his mustadrak, I think it's, this is the narration. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is reported to have said, now, I'm going to mention some of this narration because it's a bit difficult to understand because it's talking about some really uh, strange events which are very difficult to conceive in the mind. But anyway, the earths, the layer of the earths. I'm assuming this might be to do with hellfire. Between every two of those layers is like 500 years distance, right? The uppermost layer of this is on the back of, a, of some kind of fish it mentions, whose sides are in the heavens. Now this fish is upon a rock. 
that rock is in the hands of an angel. Wallahu alam, what's going on there? Right? I'm just literally just translating that for you. The second one is the place that contains the wind. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to punish the Ad and destroy them, He told the God of this wind uh, chamber to send the wind to them and that destroyed them. So this God said, okay, I will release just enough wind that is the amount of the nostril of a, a bull or a buffalo. So the Jabbar Ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, no, that would be enough for the whole world. That would basically destroy the world and everything within it. Just the amount of a ring, like a small ring. And that is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Dhariyat, verse 42, مَا تَذَرُ مِنْ شَيْءٍ أَتَتْ عَلَيْهِ إِلَّا جَعَلَتْهُ كَرَّمِينَ Right? It will not leave anything that it comes upon. It will just basically wear it out. It's gone. Right? The third one, the third layer, is where the stones of hellfire are kept. The fourth one is where the sulfur is kept. So they're separating here the stones and the, and the sulfur. Wallahu alam. And... Um, they said, Ya Rasulullah, the hellfire has sulfur. There's some sulfur in hellfire. First time they heard it, they said, yes. By the one in whose hand is my soul, there are valleys of sulfur, quarries, canyons, whatever you want to call them. They're such, these valleys are such, that if you were to take a mountain of the world and place it in there, it would just melt. They just usually acidic, toxic, and very, very potent. The fifth one has the snakes of Jahannam. And the mouths of these snakes are like valleys, and they will bite the, they, they will bite the disbelievers. And the bites will be such that it will leave no flesh on the bone. The, seven, the sixth one is where the scorpions live. And one of the smallest of the scorpions are like these wild asses, wild mules out there. And they will strike, they will bite, they will sting the disbeliever in such a way that those stings will make them forget the intense heat of the hellfire. So, you know, sometimes people think the hellfire is just going to be so hot that I'm going to go in there and just forget. It's just one kind of punishment. Once you're in there, what difference does it make afterwards? Because when you're in one punishment and it's so painful, then does it matter of another pain? But you see, this is, that's why this kind of punishment doesn't exist in the world. Allah created a special place for this and a special place for paradise. Because He wants to give in paradise what you cannot have in this world. This world is too limited for that. And likewise in hellfire, there's things that cannot be given in this world. We just want to stay away. And he says the seventh one is the Saqr, in which there's Iblis, who is chained up with iron and uh, with a chain. And uh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to set him free for, for whatever reason, he does so.
Otherwise, that's where he goes. Imam Hakim has transmitted this at the end of his mustadrak. And there's quite a bit of discussion about whether, you know, the status of this narration is. But I thought I'll mention it. And uh, Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali says, to say that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned all of this is kind of unusual to say that, that we'd better not say that. It says it's most likely mawquf from someone else. One of the Sahaba, etc. have mentioned this. And they've made a mistake whoever said that the Prophet ﷺ said this. And the final hadith I'm going to mention for the day, related from Abdul Aziz ibn Abi Rawad. He says that it reached me that the Prophet ﷺ recited this verse in Surah Al-Tahreem again. أَهْلِيكُمْ nara. Uh, protect yourselves and your, your families from the hellfire because their fuel are people and the stones. Some people were there next to him and there was an old man there and that old man said, Ya Rasulullah, what are these stones of hellfire? Are they like the stones of the world? You're wondering, what do you need stones there for? Right? It's not a sauna that you need the hot stones to maintain the heat. Today, you know, in these, uh, what they call a storage heaters, you have these bricks. So you heat them up at night when the electricity is cheap and then they give off because they store the, electri- the, the heat. Is this for storing heat? So he's wondering. So the Prophet ﷺ said, by the one in whose hand is my soul, just one of the boulders of the boulders of hellfire is bigger than the dunya and everything within it. The shaykh, this old man who was there, he just fainted. He's like, how are we going to deal with this? I mean, he probably had that presence. So the Prophet ﷺ placed his hand on his chest and he was alive. So he called out to him, he says, Say, La ilaha illallah. So he said, La ilaha illallah. And he gave him the glad tidings of paradise. So then the Ashab, they said, Ya Rasulullah, what about among us? So he says, Yes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, liman khafa maqami wa khafa wa'id. Paradise will be for those who fear my standing and who, who fear my my warnings, as mentioned in Surah Ibrahim. So that's a good note to end on, that we have the faith, inshallah. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us by it. The next section, the snakes and the scorpions. And I think a lot of people have been waiting, that where are these scorpions and snakes that we always hear about? What is the description of them? So there's a whole section on that. Inshallah, we'll cover that next week so we can protect ourselves. Jazakallah khair for listening. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, bless you. And if you're finding this useful, you know, um, as they say, do that like button and subscribe button and forward it on to others. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.